0: Welcome to Fearless Mom. Today, we are in part two of our It's a Big Deal series. Our It's a Big Deal series, today we will talk about conflict. Yes, another super fun topic, but actually an extremely relevant topic because everyone knows that in any relationship, you have to learn how to Approach and respond to conflict. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm super excited. You know what's so interesting is every time I study so that I can help you, so that you can help your kids, and I study a topic like self control or conflict, it forces me to examine my own relationship with that topic and um, it kind of offends me. And so I try to move on, but this one is so extremely relevant. I think you. Will find that the better you understand your approach to conflict, the better able your you know you are to help your children. So um, it's a again like self control. It's not a oh my gosh this is going to be so fun, but it is going to be relevant and it uh, applies to every single human on the planet. Speaking of other humans on the planet, let's welcome in our online moms. Online moms, we are cheering for you. We love that we've connected with you today, and um, remember, if you're watching or listening by yourself, you are not alone. We are for you, we are with you, we believe in you. And so let's get started with prayer and dive in. God, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you, God, for um, this opportunity we have to stop and to look at ourselves as we try to get ourselves ready to raise up these kids to be who you've created them to be. Right now, God, I ask that you settle our hearts and our minds, that you open our eyes and our ears so that we can see and hear what you want us to learn today so we can be at our best and help our kids to become their best. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Now, I've said before that I gave birth to two children. Mac and I have two kids. They are now 24 and 22. And um, they are, listen to this. Emily was born September 6, 1994. Joe was born September 6, 1996. I went into labor at 5.30 a.m. both times. That's how organized I am. Always on time, always, you know, just as it should be. Actually, the truth is, I think God was like, you know what? I'm going to be gracious to her so that she only has to remember one date, (laughs) truth be told. But the fact of the matter is that we're born to the same biological parents on the same day, two years apart, and they are complete opposites. They are extremely different. Um, Let's see, Emily, well, you know what? I tell you what—the best way to tell you how different they are is to show you an old video um, from about—I'm going to say—18 years ago. We're going to watch it twice because I'm not sure you're going to catch all that Joe has to say the first time around. So watch this. I need a tooth, and my nurse pulled it out, and I got two dollars because I wrote a note to the tooth fairy. And I even lost it at Reason because I was showing it to my friends. The end. Yep, there it was. There it was. I don't know if you caught what Joe was saying there. I'm confident you saw that Emily had a lot to say. But I'm going to ask you to watch again. Listen carefully. I'll translate. He says, I am. Dot my tons of fences bat. I got my consequences back. He had done something, I don't remember what, and apparently I had taken away his Buzz Lightyear and I had just given it back. Okay, watch one more time, see if you can catch it. I left tooth and my nose pulled it out and I got two dollars because I wrote a note to the tooth fairy and I even lost it at recess, because I was showing it to my friends, the end. I'm going to get my taunts and fences <laughs> <laughs> Yep, there it was. Did you catch it that time? I got my taunts and fences back. That video says oh so much about my two children. Emily entered this world ready to express herself. And whether it was through speaking, through singing, through dancing, often in costume, she was ready to share what she was thinking and how she was feeling. It's not something we had to teach her to do. She just came out ready to share that. And while certainly her, um, let's see, her... uh, Adept ability to express herself so freely and often with great volume was sometimes challenging to parent. It was actually a really great thing that she could do. While Joseph, on the other hand, didn't say a word until he was three. And then even after that, he said very few words. And then a few years later, he was saying a little bit more but only like four people on the planet could understand him. And, but here's the deal. Joseph was not as quick to express his feelings. He was laid back. He was easygoing. And yes, that was sometimes difficult to parent. Because here's the deal. Our children, as we learned, enter this world unique, wonderfully complex. And as different as our children are, we have the same goal for everyone. We have the same exact goal. My responsibility as mom, your responsibility as mom, is to raise up these kids to be happy, healthy adults. It's to equip them to be independent, competent, strong adults. The destination is the same. How we get there is different for every kid, am I right? Anybody who has more than one kid knows exactly what I'm talking about. The destination is the same, but how we get there is different for every child. And maybe you have two kids, and you're thinking, actually, mine's the same. My kids are pretty, you know, easy. I hope God blesses you with a third. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A third that, you know, kind of kicks you in the rear. Because, you know, it's those parents at Chick-fil-A who are like ah, that kid over there needs some discipline. You know, if that mom would be a little more proactive, that kid wouldn't throw that tantrum. And those of you who have a strong-willed blessing, that's right, also called a dose of humility, isn't it? Because we know that we can do everything right and our children make their own decisions, but our responsibility remains the same. And we know from research, from science, that your health, our kids' health, whether it is their emotional health, relational health, spiritual health, physical health, all are better when they understand how to live in relationship with others. Whether it's your children getting along with each other, a child in his relationship with his parent, a parent in the relationship with the other parent, a student and a teacher, a coach and a player, whatever it is, all of our lives are better when we understand healthy relationships because we were created for connection. And so the better we understand how to connect and how to stay connected, the better off we are. And what's our job? I've gotta do my best to set my kids up for their best. So I wanna prepare them for living in relationship with others. Learning how to approach and respond to conflict Learning how to approach and respond to conflict is critical to all healthy relationships. So one of my big responsibilities is to understand myself and to teach my children healthy conflict resolution because it will improve every relationship in their lives. We have to understand how to approach and respond to conflict. Now, every relationship in the world has conflict from the simple to the significant it may be you know a disagreement in friendships about are you team Jess or team Logan You know, it may be something like, um, which is better? And this really isn't a discussion, but you know, for illustration purposes, um, Chick-fil-A nuggets or a Chick-fil-A sandwich. That's right, everybody knows the sandwich is the original. Okay, Um, and so maybe if you're like Kaylee or Emily, then your disagreement with your friend is which font that you should use. I mean, for crying out loud, why would anyone choose Comic Sans in 2018? But maybe, though, you've gotten to a point in some relationships where you've reached a more significant conflict. Maybe it's something huge, like you can't agree in your marriage on is it too early to decorate for Christmas, That's right. I'm just kidding because we all know that's not really a conflict, okay? We know that the Bible says there's no such thing as too much or too soon when it comes to celebrating Christmas, but the truth is we've all dealt with significant conflict. If you've been in a relationship for any significant period of time, you have gotten to a tipping point. You've gotten to a point when you found yourself on different pages, maybe in a friendship, maybe in a relationship with an adult sibling, with a spouse, with a neighbor, whatever it is, and you find yourself at a place of maybe you were hurt, maybe you are feeling frustrated, maybe it's sadness, maybe it's disappointment, whatever it is, you have to choose to work on it. You have to choose to say, how am I going to approach this conflict? How am I going to respond to this conflict? Because my goal is a healthy relationship. I want to read the definition of conflict. The definition of conflict, a state of disagreement or disharmony. A state of disagreement or disharmony between persons. A clash. Your goal is agreement and harmony. Absent of the clash. Your goal is to get on the same page. That doesn't mean you'll always agree. But you're going to do the work necessary to mend the relationship, to bring it to a point of health. That's the goal, healthy relationships. We have to choose to identify, process, express, overcome, and how to heal it in a productive and constructive way. Now, we're adults, and we can do this, but here's the deal. We begin teaching this to the youngest children. We begin teaching things like emotional vocabulary. We're gonna talk about that, but we begin teaching it very young. So no matter the age of your child, it's super important that you understand healthy conflict resolution. You remember that... um, When we studied personalities, we said that the Bible in Psalm 139 says, God created us wonderfully complex. Turn to your neighbor, you know, you got a reminder you are wonderfully complex. Okay, let's tell our online online people, here we go. One, two, three, you're wonderfully complex. One, two, three, you are wonderfully complex. You know what is so awesome about that truth? That we embrace that truth when we look at our children. When I look at my two and how opposite they are, they are totally awesome and wonderfully complex. And as we teach our children about conflict resolution, one of the biggest differences in personalities is how you approach and respond to conflict. If you think about some people, you know, love, they don't even notice conflict. It's not even a blip on their screen, while others will do everything in their power to avoid it. The truth is, we all have to come, no matter your extreme, for our relationships to be what they should be, we all have to come to a point where we understand it's worth the work to make the relationship healthy. So, we're gonna talk about the two extremes because i think at some point we all find ourselves on one or the other. Now you may drift toward one more than the other, but we're going to talk about the two extremes and then where we have to find ourselves for healthy relationship. So let's talk about the first one. If your reflex is to retreat, if your reflex is to retreat, you must learn to choose to charge. If your reflex is to retreat, you have to learn to choose to charge. You have to choose to lean in. If a conflict or a confrontation or a difficult conversation is needed, maybe your reflex is, nope, I'm going to go the other way. I don't want to deal with it. I, um, it'll work itself out. I can't even go there right now. You have to choose to charge. You go, you know what? I'm going to turn and I'm going to say, it's worth it this relationship is worth it. Many people are uncomfortable with the teeniest, tiniest bit of conflict and actually what someone else may not even define as a confrontation would make them super uncomfortable. Here are two important truths if that's your drift and if you discover that your child is one who needs to be encouraged to lean in. Conflict is normal, conflict is necessary. Conflict is normal conflict is necessary, even if it's uncomfortable for you. I have to be willing to be uncomfortable for the sake of the relationship. I have to lean in. I have to choose to charge. You have to choose to do the work necessary to heal the relationship. It is my responsibility In the relationship. If you are in a relationship with anyone, your responsibility is to do your part. That's all you can do. Do your part. But my part is to speak truth. Is to speak up. Is to say, I feel like we're on different pages here. You know what I may want to do? I am going to just pray that they bring it up. You know, I know there's conflict, but I'm just going to, God, God. Would you please let her bring, no, my responsibility is to lean in. To do so, we're gonna talk about the rules of engagement and how to do that you know, with respect, but it's my responsibility. I have to change my thinking from me to we. You know what, I don't like this right now, the, the icky feeling when you're on different pages. I don't like this, but I sure do like us. So for instance, in marriage, I don't like this feeling right now, but I love us when we're on the same page. So how do I get back to the same page? I have to speak honestly, and I have to say gently, I'm frustrated. Whatever it is, I, you know what? I don't like this, but I sure like us. It's not about me, it's all about we. Yes, I know one is a subjective case and one is the objective case, but you know what, they rhymed, so get over it. Um, Okay, so discomfort is normal and necessary. It's okay, it's okay to be uncomfortable. We have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable if we're gonna be in a healthy relationship any relationship. We have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. But if you have children, and you've got a a big talker and a big expresser, and then you've got one who is a little more reticent to say something, you say, you know what, it's worth it, and it's your responsibility. If they come to you and say, mom, um, actually I have heard, um, I don't know if Ashley Horn is in this room, I've heard her kids do this. Um, uh, I can't, re- I guess it must have been her middle one came to Matt, her husband, and said, um, Hadley took my toy, whatever it was. And his response was, go tell her to give it back to you. Giving him a voice, you know, letting him, you know, work it out, saying, the conflict is worth it. I know you're uncomfortable and you want me to fix it. Sometimes parents, wisdom, discernment, and common sense know when to step in, but sometimes you're saying, conflict is normal. It's uncomfortable for you, but you go speak up. You can do it. Go tell her to give it back and move on. We tend to overreact. Just, it is what it is. Speak up. Conflict is normal. Conflict is necessary. But it's my responsibility to speak up and approach and respond to the conflict. And sometimes... In friendships, in the workplace, in marriage, in adult relationships, especially if you have teenagers and you're talking about friendships and a difficult conversation that that they may need to have, the anticipation of the difficult conversation is much worse than the reality of the difficult conversation. Actually, Brene Brown did research to discover what, you know, how long is the actual discomfort there? And she said... In most difficult situations, there are eight seconds of discomfort, eight seconds. Now, think about how much time and energy we spend in preparation for that difficult eight seconds. That's it. It's like riding a bull. A bull ride lasts just eight seconds. Now, the discomfort may linger, but the difficult part is done. The hard part is done. And so we empower ourselves, if that's you, if you tend to avoid or um, ignore conflict or confrontation, then you have to say, you know what? It's my responsibility. It's worth the discomfort. Discomfort is normal. And the discomfort will probably only last eight seconds. (laughs) And if it's a longer conversation, just talk real fast. Um, It's eight seconds of discomfort. But here's the deal. Research shows people who avoid People who ignore, they're still feeling it on the inside. And and it actually negatively affects your physical health, not to mention what it does to the relationship. You see, there's a barrier there that you've not acknowledged. It doesn't mean the barrier's not there. It means that I just haven't said it out loud. And then both, and, and we tend to then just build, 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 because now, well, I mean, it's too big of an ordeal, and it happened so long ago. Baby sharks handle it when it's tiny, Before it comes a great white, you know, you've got to address it. Address it because it is worth it, and it's not going to go away. It's just going to grow. Okay, now, so that was if your reflex is to retreat, you have to choose to charge. Now, if you're on the opposite end of the spectrum, if your instinct is to engage, if your instinct is to engage, you have to learn to filter your fight. If your instinct is to engage, to handle it immediately, to speak your mind immediately, I'm gonna address it right now. It's what I'm feeling and I want you to know about it. You know what? That is awesome. And um, reel it in there, girl, okay? Reel it in there. It's wonderful and necessary for you to speak truth. What you have to determine is when, how, and where. I have to, speaking truth is always good. You may not have to do it immediately, and guess what? Every discussion is not a battle. You don't need to win an argument about font or Chick-fil-A or things like that. I'm not saying it's not a big deal. We all know Chick-fil-A is a big deal. I'm saying, though, you filter it and maybe pressing pause and saying, okay, God, Show me if there's any offensive way in me before I address it. Show me if I've done anything to contribute to it and then I'm going to address it. If you've got a kiddo who expresses and who feels things deeply, that's awesome. They're world changers. We don't wanna get rid of that. What we want to do is teach them self-control, just like we talked about last week. Take a breath, take a break, watch your tone, watch your face, process it. Okay, what am I feeling now? When is the right time? What is the right tone? How, what do I need to say? So for the, these two truths that this group is, would benefit from knowing, timing and tone are more important than topic. Timing and tone are more important than topic. Is it, is, is it true? That's wonderful. But is it necessary to address immediately? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes it is but you have to pray for wisdom and discernment, and you have to stop and evaluate it. It's not a reflex, it's a response. Those are two different things. A reflex doesn't take the time to process and to pray through, but a response is thought out. Timing and tone are more important than topic, and here's a difficult one. Sometimes we must agree to disagree. Oh, that's hard for some people, isn't it? Sometimes we must agree to disagree. I don't know if Emily's in the room right now, but she's shaking her head no, and she's refusing to write this down. Um, We must agree to disagree, because sometimes we'll say that, agree to disagree, she goes, you know I don't do that. (laughs) <laughs> and, and so it's a joke in our house. Clearly she does do that. But it's difficult because she wants agreement. She wants understanding. She wants to be on the same page. She feels that deeply. That's wonderful. She's gonna work on her relationships and she's gonna do the work necessary that sometimes she will find in relationships you have to agree to disagree. You can't always win and you can't always convince someone to agree with you. And that's okay. There's value in having friendships with people who disagree with you. There's great value in that. If we only surround, now clearly my closest friends, we agree about the big things, but it's okay to agree to disagree. Um, timing and tone are more important than topic. Sometimes we must agree to disagree. Now. The key is not just communicating when it comes to relationships. A lot of people will say the key to healthy relationships is communicating. Well, that's cute and partially true, but wrong. Um, the key is not just communicating, but it's understanding. I can communicate all day long my thoughts and my feelings and never get any closer to a healthy relationship. If my goal is healthy relationship, then it's not just about saying what I think. It's about understanding. And this is a developmental process with children. And I don't know what age your kids are right now, but you'll probably, as I list the developmental stages in this, you'll probably be able to figure out, okay, we've done that, or we need to work on this, or we need to, and it's a process. I'm almost 50, and I go back to this developmental process, and I go, what's my hang-up here in this relationship? And I've got to work all the way through it to get to a healthy relationship. It is a lifelong process, so don't expect your kid at age 13 to have it all figured out, because odds are you don't have it all figured out either. So here is what understanding is important, and it starts with understanding your own feelings and thoughts. And so that's why with the youngest ones, we start teaching emotional vocabulary. We don't put words in their mouth, but we begin to teach them words like sad, Frustrated, hurt, disappointed, embarrassed. We're gonna talk so much more about this in the spring when we talk about emote control and how important teaching our kids and empowering them to identify, express, you know, process and overcome their emotions. But they have to understand their own thoughts and feelings. Here's the deal. Well enough to articulate them in a constructive and productive way. That's where self-control So first it's recognizing the emotion, then it is the self-control to express it constructively and productively. Then, next stage, we keep going. We have to understand others, which is empathy. And that comes later. We start talking about it earlier, but that comes later. So I identify my feelings. I learned how to have the self-control to express them productively and constructively. Then I begin to understand others. I begin to have empathy. How do my words and actions affect them? Did I do anything to contribute to the problem? And how can I express it so that they can hear it? So that is the empathy and expressing and understanding how it affects others. Then the next stage, understanding that my target or my focus is we and not me. I'm not expressing my feelings so that you know exactly how you affected me. I'm expressing my feelings so we can get back on the same page. I'm gonna do my part in our relationship so that this relationship can be healthy. That's a long time coming. I I think as an adult, we probably struggle with this as well. And so we we teach it. It's a process, but that's the goal. It's for your child to understand things like compromise, and creative problem solving. And so that comes later, but it requires that we give them opportunity and we are intentional wherever your child is in that developmental process, go, okay, if this is important and I can see he's not at this step yet, then I'm gonna make sure the next time my siblings, their friends, whatever, have a conflict, I'm gonna focus with him, I'm gonna use terms like, okay, what's your goal here in this conversation? Okay, is it to, um, you know, make sure you get back on the same page? Is it to express your frustration? Because that's to help him and to help me, whatever it is. And then ask them about, do you, how, what what do you think you guys, how, what kind of agreement are you looking for? Because there's win-win, where both parties, you know, win. Then there's win-lose, where I get what I want, but you don't get what you want. And then there's lose-lose. We couldn't come to an agreement. And so that's that's the last process. That's the last step where we're working toward finding creative problem solving and um, the uh, compromise. Now, understanding how to teach this to our kids obviously requires that we understand it ourselves. So the first step in teaching your kids is going, you know what, how do I respond to conflict or confrontation or difficult conversations. How, how do I approach those things? What what relationship do I have with conflict? And so it requires that I first do some self-reflection and to say, am I modeling healthy conflict for my children? Am I now here's the deal. I'm gonna give a little bit of disclaimer here, time out. Um, I do think that one way our children learn conflict and healthy conflict is by seeing disagreements. Here's the deal, if your child sees a disagreement, it's important they see the resolution. Even if it doesn't happen in front of them, you circle back and say, you know, dad and I, or you know, Nana and I, whatever it is, we were on different pages, but we got back there. Aren't we glad that we, whatever it is, they see that there's resolution, and they can begin to see that conflict is normal and necessary. Now, I'm gonna encourage you to have most difficult conversations in private. I think that would be more productive and more constructive. Don't underestimate the security that your, okay, if my children, I've told this story a million times, but I think it sums it up better than anything. Emily one time, she was probably middle school or high school, walked into our bedroom and Mac and I were sitting there laughing. I don't know, I'm sure he had said something hilarious. And so we were both laughing and Emily just walked in and she was about to say something and then she just stopped. She said, I love y'all. You see, it was important to her that we enjoyed each other. So don't underestimate that. I'm not telling you feel guilty if you ever disagree in front of your children. I'm saying be aware and be intentional. Make sure you're also laughing together in front of your children. Make sure they know how much you like each other. Um, again, if they see conflict, just make sure they see resolution. Now, we said every kid is different, and we talk a lot about SWBs. SWB, strong-willed blessing. How many of you think you have an SWB. Yeah, yeah, you think yours is the strongest. I'm gonna tell you mine will make yours look like a marshmallow. (laughs) I mean, SWB. And let me tell you something. It's wonderful. SWB, once you channel them, let me tell you something. I never had to worry that anybody was gonna change Emily's mind. I never had to worry that a boy was gonna take advantage of her. I, I never had to worry about that. I still don't worry about that. She's strong and I love it. It's wonderful. We don't wanna change them, we wanna channel them. And then we have our... We call them EGCs, our easygoing, compliant kiddos, our EGCs. Now, listen carefully. Both are stubborn. Both are determined. Both have to work on, you know, how to express in a productive, constructive way. We just kind of have to come at them from different angles. Does that make sense? And so, whether you have an EGC or an SWB, we got to get them there. Some children, actually, I'm going to say all. You can mark that out in your notes, all children. Because at some point, if the EGC has kept it in long enough, you know it comes out pretty loud. So I, I think every kid, every person, some children, those is what our notes say, must learn to temper their voices. Some children must learn to temper their voices. If you've got a kid or if you yourself find that you actually speak freely, you know, and and with great volume and enthusiasm, and it takes people aback sometimes, let me tell you something, we don't wanna change it. We don't want you to lose that voice. We want you to temper it. And when I was going over my notes and Emily saw them, and she said, Mom, do you know that temper actually means dilute? I don't think that's what you mean. I said, actually it is. (laughs) Actually, I'm saying, I don't want you to lose your voice. I want you to speak truth. I never want you to lose that part of yourself. I want you to consider what is the most constructive and productive way to communicate it. And so, no, we're not saying get rid of that voice. I'm saying just be smart with it. Use it wisely. Filter it and say, how can I use this the most effectively? We don't want to change them. We want to channel them. We want to teach these kids and adults to press pause. Filter Now, how do I say this effectively? That's all it is. Temper, not lose, not get rid of in any way. It's just learning to communicate effectively. Other children must learn to trust. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go back to the temper. I'm gonna get into this probably more in remote control, but I think this is super important. There are two kinds of behavior, acceptable and unacceptable. Even if you understand it, there may be understandable, unacceptable behavior. I understand you were frustrated. I understand you were mad. I understand. And so you yelled at me. You never yell at me, period. They will be more effective in every relationship if you teach them how to speak calmly. So it's worth the work. And especially if you have an SWB who wants to share and wants to tell you and really has a need for justice. And mom, if you heard my opinion, you would totally agree with me. Then it's even more important. Take a breath, take a break. Watch your tone, watch your face. I'm mom, I wanna hear you, you will not raise your voice. Got it? Yes, ma'am, I'm ready to hear, okay? Don't let that slide. Their marriage will be better. They will be better off at work. They will be better off in all of their relationships if they understand how to communicate productively, effectively, and constructively. Okay, other children must be taught to trust their voices, So maybe you have one who's like, I found my voice, and I found it early, and I'm going to share it with the world. That's awesome. That's awesome. You don't want to lose it. You want to temper it. And then maybe you've got one. Yeah, it's awkward, isn't it? And so when somebody says hello in the grocery store at Target, you speak for them because you don't like that awkward. Or you've said, you already determined, you know what? I'm going to help her find her voice. So she's going she's to order for herself at the restaurant. And the waiter comes and he says, how can I help you? And you go, she's going to order for herself. <laughs> Wait. Let her find her voice. Don't jump in. She's not going to find it until she hears it. Let her speak. She will get more competent and more comfortable the more she uses her voice. Put her in awkward situations. That's okay. We have to learn to be okay with awkward. We have to learn. Never, never say, you know what? She's so shy. No. She's just really thinking about what she's about to say. And I'm gonna give her time. And man, we do this without even realizing it. And if I want my kid to find her voice, to trust her voice, I have to give her opportunity to use it. I've said this a million times. Joe didn't speak till he was three. Even then, like four people could understand him. He, Emily spoke for him. I spoke for him. We all spoke for him. Bless his heart. Growing up in our house, it's amazing he ever learned to talk at all. But every Friday, I went to the mall, the food court. I gave him a $5 bill. Um, he was five years old. Gave him a $5 bill, I made him go stand in line at Chick-fil-A. Made him order for himself, made him, it it, it sounds like torture if you knew he was so sweet and so compliant, and he would have been labeled as shy. Just not shy. Shy. He just didn't get an opportunity in our house (laughs) to say much. He just needed all of us to get out of the way so that he could say it. I've done this with Ashley's kids. Ashley Horn has, you know, Brayden is the oldest one. Logan is the middle one. Logan, you may, if you didn't know him, you'd go, oh, he's shy. He's not shy. He's not shy. He's just going to wait until he trusts you to say something. And so then he's going to wait. Did she really want to know what I think? Because if I wait long enough, Brayden or Hadley will answer for me. And so I'll, I'll ask Logan, tell me about the beach. And I'll wait, and Braden will jump in, How and I'll go, hang on one sec. I wanna hear what Logan has to say. If you've got a kid like that, give them opportunities. He's not, Logan is not shy. Logan has opinions, Logan has thoughts, he has feelings, he has a lot to share. But when you got two other siblings, how I, we have to create opportunities. We have to be disciplined to let those kids find their voice and trust their voice. Don't, don't jump in too early. Don't jump in. And listen, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Some situations, listen, I'm going to be honest, Emily, very verbose, but selective. And so if I was at church and someone gave her something and then I had to say, say thank you, and she didn't want to, now it's like the next hour and a half of my life that I will never get back. So use wisdom, discernment, and common sense. Do I make my, my kids have found their voices now at this point they can speak. And so, but use wisdom, discernment, and common sense. Understand sometimes you're like, I just don't have it in me today, but I'm aware of it enough, I'm gonna give them a voice, I'm gonna teach her to temper, I'm gonna teach her to trust, and then it all works. Now, here's the deal. Working through difficult and conflict makes a relationship stronger. Those kiddos who have difficulty expressing themselves, we give them the vocabulary, we give them the tools, we give them the opportunity, we praise them when they do speak up, and then we make sure they understand that conflict is normal, conflict is necessary, and then we understand that here's the deal, it's going to come out at some point. Your frustration, your uh, anger, your disappointment, it will come out that's the baby shark. We have to let it come out, you know, early. The earlier, the easier. Because the volcano will blow. And it will be a very awkward situation. And you'll discover if you're, if you're a volcano too that you, most things don't bother me. So it's not worth mentioning. And it builds and it builds and it builds. And then either you've just ignored and avoided that friendship or that relationship. And now it's this big monster. And you're just like, I can't even go there. And the volcano is gonna blow about something that is so ridiculous. <laughs> you know, so the easier, the earlier, and handle the baby sharks. It will come out and it will negatively affect you if you keep it inside. Okay, so now we're talking about the conflict. Here are the rules of engagement that everybody has to follow. Number one, honesty. My responsibility is to be honest, to speak up and to speak honestly. And to say, God, is there anything that I have done? I want to be honest with myself, and then I'm going to be honest with the other person. Succinct and honest. No need to tell everything around it. Succinct and honest. Okay, so honesty. Everybody say honesty. Honesty. It's such a lonely word. Does anybody know that? Honesty. Billy Joel. Okay, go ahead and be, I dated myself hmm that's okay. He's super awesome. Even if you're young, you should look him up. Okay, go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. Here's the big one. Don't stay angry. Don't stay angry. Address it and move on. Address it. The earlier, the easier. Be honest, address it and move on because don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Don't go to bed angry, don't give the devil. You've now made that relationship vulnerable. So what is my responsibility in the relationship? To make it as strong as possible, to do my part. And so if I am not honest, I've now allowed that um, relationship to have some vulnerability. So second one, so we got honesty and humility. I have to enter the conflict understanding that I'm fighting for we, not me. I'm not entering the conflict. I'm not entering the difficult conversation. I'm not handling the confrontation thinking about what I want, what I need. I'm saying, what did I do to contribute? What can I do to make it what it should be? And so speaking my mind, telling what bothers me, telling what offends me, that's important in a relationship. I can expect my friends to read my mind. I've been married 27 years. I'm still... Trying to get Mac to read my mind, you know. I do do everything in my power. Think what I'm feeling. And it just, it doesn't work. It's my responsibility to speak my mind. And I understand that it's worth the discomfort. And I have to be humble enough to say, you know what? He may not get what I'm thinking right now. It's my responsibility to say something. It's humble to say, you know what? I'm not gonna assume that she gets what I'm thinking. I'm not gonna assume that it, it, it requires humility, honesty and humility. The us is bigger than the I, okay. Kindness, kindness. Sometimes we enter guns blazing. Man, I've been waiting for this conversation and I'm so right and I will win, that's right. And uh, Mac read a meme, the other, I guess it was yesterday. He goes, we don't keep scoring marriage, but man, if we did, I'd be killing it. <laughs> Is that great? Yeah, we don't keep score, but clearly if we did, you know, I'd be the winner. But it's not about competition. It's not just about marriage. I'm talking about siblings. am talking about friendships. We don't keep score. We enter with kindness. It's about we, not me. And so I'm gonna speak kindly and gently. I'm going to do my part to be as kind and loving as possible. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. That doesn't mean that you can't say difficult things. You hurt my feelings. Actually, it means that you should. Brene Brown, another thing she says is that being clear is being kind. Unclear is unkind. Unclear is unkind. So if I'm in a relationship and I'm gonna use kindness in this confrontation, I'm gonna speak directly, explicitly, and clearly. I'm not gonna beat around the bush and try not to hurt feelings. I'm gonna understand that I can get all this in in eight seconds, (laughs) and clear is kind. Gentleness, you know what I think gentleness goes back to? The earlier, the easier. I think if you handle it when it's a baby shark, you're much more likely to be gentle. If we can teach our children to use a kind tone, be honest and humble, and speak to their siblings when they're fighting. Uh, If you have siblings, you have conflict, period. Whether it's a two-year-old sharing, that's when you start teaching them, you know, emotional vocabulary, self-control, speak for yourself. You know, I would have to get Joe. I mean, he could barely say words, and I would say, and he's trying to tell me what happened, but he's sobbing, and I'm like, take a breath. Okay, big boy words. I'm ready to hear it. I wanna hear it. And he would have to gather himself, but he had to speak gently. He had to handle it. And I, he would say, Emily, blah, blah, blah. And I would say, did you tell her? Go tell her. That That's healthy conflict resolution. Emily would come to me, Joseph, blah, 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 You know, and I'd go, oh, I want to hear. Respectful tone, I'm the mom. I want to hear, but remember who you're talking to. Now, okay, did you say anything to him about it? I'm going to teach healthy conflict. yes. Did I have to intervene sometimes? Yes. Wisdom, discernment, and common sense. But I encourage to go back and to say, You hurt my feelings. Give them the words to say, Practice. And then after the fact, you know, if they come back with a handful of hair, you know, like, Oh, (laughs) that didn't go quite as well as I thought, you know? (laughs) Maybe next time I'll go in. You know, it's not gonna work every time. It's trial and error, you know? It's a process. If your child doesn't have siblings, make sure you have play dates. Give them an opportunity. Don't jump in immediately. Let them learn to handle conflict, okay? Let them learn safely, (laughs) okay? And then the last one, forgiveness. Everyone will have an opportunity to forgive if they live very long at all. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other tenderhearted, forgiving one another. We have a whole nother lecture on it's a big deal, forgiveness, it actually improves your health, whether the other person knows you forgave them or not. It's all, you know, forgiveness is good, it's a big deal. Kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So watch yourselves, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them, forgiveness. Forgiveness is important, and it's an important principle to teach, it's an important principle to model. So in summary, what are we gonna do? We're gonna take our kids through that process, through that developmental growth of understanding emotions. So here we're gonna, we're gonna be aware and intentional about our own approach in response to conflict, confrontation, and difficult conversations. I'm being aware of myself. I'm now aware, it's not about guilt, it's about opportunity to model. I'm gonna begin using emotional vocabulary, even with the youngest ones. I can see that you're sad, you're frustrated, you're embarrassed, you're angry, you're afraid, you're uncomfortable. Any feeling is okay to feel. How and when and where you express it matters. But we teach them to articulate that. Tell me how you're feeling. If your kids see conflict, make sure they see resolution. Give the EGCs, the easygoing compliance, opportunities to speak for themselves. Ordering, answering adults, speaking up, telling their story for the day. Don't let siblings or other people answer for them. The more they use their voice, the more they'll trust their voice. Encourage them to speak and encourage them to listen. It's about both. We have two ears, one mouth. Yeah, hint, hint, that's what God's saying. Remind the SWBs that they're responsible for their words, actions, and facial expressions and body language. Go back to self-control. Any feeling is okay to feel, but how, when, and where you express it matters. And so teach them to listen, and to speak with kindness and gentleness. Conflict is a normal part of life. It is a normal part of every relationship. All of us are better when we live in healthy relationships with other people. You're in your family, in your neighborhood, in your school, in your community, wherever it is. So if we wanna set our kids up for their best lives, we teach them healthy conflict resolution. We can do it, let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the opportunity we have to look at ourselves and say, you know, how do we handle conflict? How do we model it? Thank you for your word that guides us and reminds us that conflict is normal and necessary. And thank you, God, for other moms who cheer us on. We thank you for the opportunity we have to raise up a generation who can live in healthy relationship with others. In Jesus' name, Amen.